Good morning and welcome to Get Up With God. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about why do some people get healed and some people don't. This is going to be a powerful uh, devotional that we're going to go through this morning. Buckle up, grab your notepad, grab a Bible. You're going to want to take a lot of notes out of this. This was a great, I felt like I couldn't stop writing when I took notes about this this morning. It was like a heavenly download that came into me about these things. But it's a powerful series and a lot of things were revealed to me in some of the ways that I've, you know, to confess with you, have judged other people in the past. But this is a powerful, powerful devotional. Uh, We're going to jump right into it with point number one, but today's episode, like I said, is why do some people get healed and some people don't? Have you ever wondered that? Maybe not just healed either. Healed, I think, is a big healing in your body. I think that's a big part of things, but I think it goes to a lot of different areas. Why why are some people blessed? Why do some people uh, pass away early? Why do some people not receive from God some of the best things that he has if they're promised to us? Um, and why do others do and, and some don't, and what are the cases behind this? Is God partial to some people? Is he favor some people and not like other people? We're going to go through some of this today. This is going to be a powerful devotional and I hope it helps you in your life. So point number one, let's get into this point. Number one are the gifts of the spirit. were not always in operation 24 seven in Jesus's life. I want you to read that, comprehend it and receive it. The gifts of the Spirit were not in operation 24-7 in Jesus' life. Now, what do I mean by gifts of the Spirit? Well, what I mean is the gifts of the Spirit, meaning the miraculous power, uh, meaning he didn't, he, I don't, let me actually rephrase that. I want to retract that. I don't mean just miraculous power because that would be contrary to the truth. <clears throat> the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, words of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, tongues, faith, these things, the working of miracles, gifts of healings, these things were not in operation in 24-7 from Jesus to be able to see a lot of these things. So for example, I'm going to give you a good example of this. In Mark chapter 5, you don't have to turn there, but I want to give you an example in Mark chapter 5 of Jesus not knowing something happened, where in other cases, uh, things that he would not have known or were, would have been impossible for just a common man to know were revealed to him where he saw into someone's life things that there was no way he could have known unless that person told him. And this was the first encounter that he ever had with them. So the gifts of the spirit were in operation in many places in his life, but I'm going to show you why it wasn't just 24 seven that Jesus walked in this innate ability to just do whatever he wanted to do. He had to operate in faith just like me and you did. Uh, he, he was filled or just like me and you do. He was filled with the Holy spirit baptized in the Holy spirit. And he walked in the power of God by the baptism of the Holy spirit, not because he was the son of God. I want to make that clear. And I'm not trying to belabor this point. Uh, but I want to make that clear as we go into this, that Jesus just did not walk around, uh, with the gifts of the spirit in operation in his life constantly. Now the miracle working power, that's a different thing where, where we could receive, we're going to see that where we can tap into this miracle working power. That's something completely different, but listen to this in Mark chapter 20, uh, chapter five, verse 25. And you, you may have heard the story. I'm sure you have. If you've been in church for any longer than, Oh, 30 seconds, you've probably heard this church. 
or probably heard this uh, verse before. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Jump down. Uh, verse 29 and immediately the fountain she she reached out and touched Jesus and immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction verse 30 and Jesus immediately knowing in himself now he knew and recognized power had left his body because the the anointing was on his life but watch this and he turned around in the crowd and said who touched me he wasn't aware that it was, he didn't receive a gift of no, the word of knowledge or the, uh, the, the information, which is what the word of knowledge would be of the ability, the supernatural, supernatural ability to see something that you can't perceive in the natural. He didn't just immediately know that it was the woman with the issue of blood. He turned around and didn't know. So to think that Jesus, when Jesus was here, people had an unfair advantage to access Jesus than we do. Well, Jesus walked the earth, Dylan, so we don't really get the same access to miracles, the same access to healing that people did while Jesus walked around the earth. I, that couldn't be more contrary because Jesus didn't just fling healing out all the time. I'll give you an example of this. Point number two, point number two here is there are contrasting methods of receiving. So now it's not so much the level of ability that God has. Now it comes down to the level of receiving that me and you have. It's not the ability of God. Oh, that's a good point you need to write down. It doesn't come down to the ability of God. It comes down to the receiving from the ability of God between me and you. And I know this may not be a popular thing to say to people, but the truth has to be told. And if you want to be able to receive from God, I know you do. I do. I want to receive from God the most that he's promised me. I'm not a selfish person. I'm not in this for selfish gain, but there's things that have been promised to me. There's things that have been promised to you. And if those things were promised and paid for by Jesus Christ, I would be doing God a disservice by not receiving the things that he's promised me. He's already paid for them. So there's multiple ways. Point number two, like we said, there are contrasting methods to receiving. I'm going to run through some very quickly, and you don't have to turn there. In Mark chapter 5. Now, we just read about the, Samar the, uh, the woman with the issue of blood who for many years tried many physicians, tried a lot of different things, but still could not get better, but rather grew worse. This lady is an example of you can receive from Jesus or let's let's for our sake. Jesus isn't physically here on the earth. Now, we know he's here. He, the Holy Spirit lives on on the inside of us. We know he's sitting next to, to God in heaven on the throne. But let's say when we say receiving from Jesus in this context for our context, let's say it's receiving from heaven. And so this woman received from heaven because Jesus is from heaven. She received from Jesus and from heaven on her own accord without any authorization from Jesus. She didn't get permission. She didn't get authorization from heaven. In fact, she was out of options. It wasn't even her first option. She received from heaven because of her faith is what Jesus says to her. He said, woman or daughter in verse 34 your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He didn't say because of my teachings and my powerful presence, you were healed. Though that was a factor in the play that his presence being there was a factor in it. 
her faith, her ability to believe how she could receive was what pulled and tapped into heaven. Number two out of these, still still within point number two, uh, back in Mark chapter five, earlier in verse 21, you have the ruler of the uh, a ruler of the synagogue named Jairus. He comes to Jesus and I'm paraphrasing these. I encourage you to go back and read through Mark chapter five and these other verses I'm going to give you. But for time's sake, I just want to give you these contrasting ways that people have received from God or received from Jesus while he was here. Mark chapter five and 21, the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, he said, uh, my daughter is sick. Jesus, she's, she's dying. Uh, come and, uh, come and heal her, t- touch her and heal her. So he believed Jairus believed if I could get Jesus physically to my house to touch and heal him, Jairus's faith wouldn't be great in today's world. So the, the ability of Jairus to believe to G, for Jesus to come to his house wouldn't be effective now because you can't get physical Jesus in your house. You've got the Holy Spirit. He gave you a, what he is in spirit form to live inside of you and to act and to operate in the gifts of the spirit that he's given to you. But you can't have physical Jesus like Jairus wanted. So that, but still, that's a, con, that's, a, that's a contrasting way to receive than the woman The woman didn't ask Jesus to come to her. She had to go to him. All she needed was to get to him. If Jairus had the same faith as the woman, his daughter would have been healed the moment he touched Jesus. I mean, you can't look at it any other way. So what's my point? Why do some people get healed? Why do some people not get healed? So these things come down to there's, there's a receiving factor that comes into our life and how we receive from heaven. So, so Jairus is one, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter, uh, Matthew chapter eight, rather Matthew eight, you find the centurion man, a man that Jesus said, I have never seen greater faith than this type of faith because it didn't need anybody. It didn't need a touch like the woman needed. It didn't need a physical presence from Jesus with the uh, ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, needed. It needed a word. This centurion man, go back and read this again for time's sake. I'm not going into it, but Matthew 8 and 5, if you read about the centurion man, he says, my servant is sick and dying, or my servant has died. I can't remember. Uh, I just read the story, but I can't remember if he died or if he was sick. But either way, he said, Jesus, I need my servant to be healed and to be made well. And Jesus said, all right, I'll come with you. I mean, that's kind of what everybody wants is me to come and get a touch. And and I, I kind of sensed, I, I mean, in my opinion, I've got a relationship with God and I feel like in my heart, there was some kind of sarcasm there from Jesus. Like, all right, I'll come with you. And Jairus or not Jairus, but the centurion man says, Jesus, no, no, I, I don't need you to come. I don't need you to to join me in this. I just need you to speak a word. And at the word, at just at your word, my, my servant, he'll be healed. Now think about this. I'm not glorifying this man, but think about the contrasting different ways that each of these people have received. One had to go and touch Jesus. The other had to bring Jesus with him. Another didn't need Jesus at all, just wanted a word from Jesus, which you've got a book full of words from Jesus. You want you want an actual word from God in your life? Here's the book for you. You've got every single word, not every single word, but you've got a lifetime full of words that you can apply to your life and receive from without having to physically be in front of Jesus. Uh, point number four or, or person number four 
is in Mark chapter two. You can go back and read this. Mark chapter two and verse one are the friends that bring their paralytic friend to Jesus. They hear the preaching of the word and their paralyzed friend is laying sick. And they say, we've got to get to Jesus. And they climb on a roof, tear the roof. They've got to get in front of Jesus now. So there's, these are four examples of different ways that people have received from God. And all of them, watch this, all of them got what they came to receive. But they're all different methods. So let me ask you this. Ponder this for a second. Does the anointing change? Does the power of God change? Was anything about the miracle working power that was present in each one of these people's lives any different from one another? The answer is no. The power was the same, but the methodology of receiving of how it was received is different. And you see a a lot of different people. They they have so many problems in their life, whether it be financial, physical, mental, in their family, in their job, whatever the area might be, and they don't feel like God's getting to them what they think God should be doing for them. I want to tell you something. Point number three. Point number three, God will literally adapt his ability. So his ability doesn't change, but he will adapt his ability to how you will receive. He will, we have five scriptures and there's plenty more, plenty more that you can read from in the New Testament through the gospels of how Jesus ministered to people. But there are five examples that God will literally adapt his ability to our way of receiving, how we receive. There's only one way that you don't receive from God And that's that you don't have the faith to receive from God. That's the only way that you don't receive. The only way that you don't receive something that belongs to you from God is that you're not literally just open to receiving it because there's so many different methods. You just haven't taken the time to receive from God what belongs to you. Point number four, point number four, the receiving, you might want to say this out loud. The receiving is on my part. The receiving is on my part. It's like having a baseball thrown to you. The receiving is on my part. If someone throws a baseball to me, there's one methodology that I, well, there's a couple different ways that I can avoid being hit by that baseball. One would be to jump out of the way. One would be to completely just move out of the way of the baseball. But that's not very productive. Another way would be to catch the baseball that's coming at you. But either way, it's going to take your involvement of that power that's coming towards you, that baseball that's coming towards you, to receive that baseball. You're going to have to get it somehow, some way, form, or another. You're going to have to receive that baseball. Uh, Point number five. Point number five. Mark five proves to us that there is a constant, now, you got to get, you really have to get this. This rocked my socks. And I'm not even wearing socks right now. And I'm so cold because it's freezing outside. But Mark 5 proves that there is constant flow from heaven that we can tap into. Mark 5 proves to us that there is a constant flow from heaven that we can tap into. Just sit and think about that for a second. 
There's a constant, never-ending flow from heaven. A a never-ending flow of power from heaven. It's almost like we have, maybe not you, maybe it doesn't include you, but it's almost like I in the past have thought that there's a valve that shuts off. That when you get into church, when you go and pray, that there's only a time when, when at certain times you can receive from the uh, heavenly power that's made available to me and you. That only at certain times is that available. That couldn't be more false. We see multiple, multiple. Not a, You could take out the five examples that I gave, but multiple places in the New Testament that people interrupt Jesus from what he's doing to receive for something that they're doing interrupts his schedule to get him involved in their schedule because their faith, their trust in the ability that God has. Now, number six, this is going to, this is going to rattle you. This is going to absolutely rattle you. Point number six, what kind of receiving faith do you have? What kind of receiving faith do you have? Do you only believe that God can touch you at the altar in church? Because he can and he will. Do you only believe that God can touch you when a pastor lays his hands on you? Because he can and he will. Do you only believe that you will be healed by reading the Bible consistently and over a certain period of time your healing will come because it'll happen here's what jesus says turn with me into matthew 17 this this today this one thing right here this this is powerful matthew 17 verse 20 well start in verse 19 well start in Starting verse 18. So, so his disciples are having a little issue. They can't cast out a demon that they've been given power and authority to do. And in verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon that they couldn't get out. And it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. So Jesus cast out this demon. And verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately. So after all the commotion was said and done and the meeting's over and everything's quiet, they Come, come to Jesus and they're like, hey, hey, Jesus, we're a little confused. Why could we not cast it out? Why didn't we have the ability to do it? And in verse 20, Jesus says to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I, so hold on. So you're telling me, I'm not telling you. Let me, let me rephrase that. So the Bible is telling us that the unbelief of a person can stop what God's ability already did for you. That's controversial, not trying to be, but that's contrary to what a lot of us think is that God's given you an ability. He's given you power. He's given you authority. He's given you healing. He's given you prosperity. He's given you all these things. Yet your unbelief, your doubt, A glimmer of doubt can stop this ability in your life. Jesus said, because of your unbelief, semicolon, next thought, for assuredly I say to you, 
Now, I want you to carefully read this because I carefully read it and it doesn't say what you think it says. He said, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, that's not what this scripture says. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, be, be, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you, to you. However, this kind of faith does not go or this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So let me say this again to you because of your unbelief, Jesus says to them, then he says, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. So for all these years, I've always thought you just have to have faith the size of a mustard seed. Couldn't it be more contrary to that. The reality is it's not the size of the mustard seed that matters. Did you know a mustard tree is one of the most powerful growing trees and fastest growing and evolving, constantly growing trees on the planet? A mustard tree. And he didn't say you need to have faith the size of a mustard seed to have these things happen. He said you need to have faith that is similar in likeness to a mustard seed. So let's go to the Greek to understand the context of what Jesus said. And in the Greek, a mustard, the name of a plant, which is oriental countries, grows from a very small seed, which that's we know is a very small seed, and attains to the height of a tree, 10 feet and more. Hence, a very small quantity of a thing is likened to a mustard seed and also a thing. Now watch, which grows to a remarkable size. So it's not the size of the, of the mustard seed that is where our faith has to be, is that we just believe a little bit. We have to have a faith that is developing, that is growing and adapting to the, the things that are changing around us. You can't just sit on stagnant faith and go, well, I've got a little bit of faith. I believe that Jesus died, so everything else is, that Jesus had is promised to me. Listen, the woman knew that, the, 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 that Jesus was walking in the street. The woman knew that Jesus had a had a power and had an ability, yet she didn't receive from him like the centurion man did. She didn't receive from a word. She had to go and touch him because there's different levels of receiving. And your faith has to be a developing faith to where you go from, I have to be in the presence of God. There has to be the right music. There has to be the right light light settings. There has to be the right vocal noises. There has to be the right presence. Everything in the temperature has to be right. And then I can receive from God to, I can be driving in my car, praying in the Holy Ghost and be reminded of a scripture and stand on that scripture and receive from heaven the promise that I have. I'm not saying you do away with the latter, but you look for the, or you do away with the former, but you look for the latter. You go further with your faith in Christ. You don't stay stagnant on the things of God. You don't sit back and go, well, I'll just, you know, hopefully one day things. No, you press into, you should be, your faith should be as a mustard seed going from a very tiny place to a very large place from a very tiny thing to an extravagant thing. You should be constantly developing in your faith, constantly. How do you do that? Romans 10 says to be uh, constantly pouring into yourself the word of God, that the word of God develops your faith. It gives you faith when you study and read this word and you convince yourself 
you wash and scrub your brain out of the things of this world and you begin to develop your brain on the truth of the word of God, the preaching of the word of God, and you begin to develop and grow in the things of God. So I ask you again, point number six, what kind of receiving faith do you have? Hope this helped you today. This has been six points at 6 a.m. Please do me a favor and subscribe on the channel. I hope this blessed you. And at the end of this, you'll see other videos that you can watch uh, on my channel. And I hope you do go watch some of the other ones and share this podcast with other people. Apple Podcasts, Spotify are the audio channels that are available and a few others. But you can find me anywhere that you want to listen to this podcast or re-listen to it and share this with somebody that you think it'll be a blessing to. Love you so much. I'm thankful for you watching and everybody that subscribes and participates on my show. And I'll talk to you on the next one live. Be blessed. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.